Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 87, and I'm drinking Zacapa. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. So I chose Zacapa Rum for this episode because I'm continuing my exploration of rum, currently reading the second of three rum books I've recently bought. I purchased this boxed bottle of Zacapa 23 at the end of 2021 as part of some year-end gifts to myself. And because it is a very popular rum and very well regarded, it seemed like the perfect time to feature it in an episode. Plus, I've never tried Zacapa, so I'm excited to taste it. Zacapa is a product of Guatemala in Central America. The bottle I have for the tasting is Ron Zacapa Centenario Sistema Solera 23. That's the full name. It's Zacapa 23. It is 750 milliliters, 40% alcohol by volume, making it 80 proof, and it retails at $45 US. Before I get to the tasting, I have to tell you about the packaging. This bottle is sold in a box. It's really high quality packaging. It's a mostly gloss black, the cardboard or paperboard that the box is made out of, but it has gold foil and embossing. The box includes brief descriptions of how the rum is made and a note on the bottle decoration. The inside of the box is also printed in a colorful, though mostly black palette with gold foil as well. The bottle inside the box is clear glass, but the most notable feature is a woven band around the bottom, just above the foot. This is a patata weaving, and here's what the back of the box has to say about the woven band. Patata weaving, a handcrafted tradition. This woven straw patata is a Mayan symbol for the unity of time and space and represented nobility in ancient times. The patata bands on each bottle are individually handmade by women from three villages descended from the Mayan. We are proud to honor our Guatemalan roots on every bottle of Zacapa. I'll elaborate a bit more in the history of the rum, but the rest of the bottle is fairly standard in shape, but it is bespoke. A nice feature is the deep punt or indentation on the bottom of the bottle. Molded into the reverse of this punt is the logo script of Zacapa and it's angled in such a way that it's easily read through the front of the bottle. Makes for a nice effect. I'll try and post a photo or two on my social media accounts, so make sure you follow me on Facebook and Instagram primarily. Labels for the front and back are printed on a clear substrate, giving a screen-printed look without the expense. On the front shoulder of the bottle is molded into the glass the National Flower of Guatemala, the White Nun Orchid. This same flower is also on the box. The neck of the bottle is of a nice length, and it has a black shrink wrap and what I believe is a cork stopper. We'll find out when we open it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and open this bottle up. There's a nice little pull strip here. Maybe. Ah, quality product. Listen to that zip. Yeah. It's a good foil uh, shrink. Cap comes off. Let's see if we get a pop. Oh, no, no pop. That just slid right out. It is a cork stopper, though. Now let's go for a pour. Mm. 
As with all spirits on Liquor in the Core Connoisseur, I am using a clean Glencairn glass for the tasting. It's a whiskey nosing glass, allows you to see the spirit, smell the spirit, and of course, taste the spirit. In the glass, the kappa is a dark mahogany, is the color description I've read, and it seems very fitting. And on the nose, it smells sweet, but there's also a caramely toffiness to it and you can smell the sherry wine it's aged partially in sherry casks so i know that that contributes to the nose let's let's try it again i get a woody nuttiness in the in the back um yeah it, i mean it smells pleasant it doesn't smell really rummy I guess it does not smell like molasses, and more about that in a bit. Let's go for a taste. Mm. It's smooth and, and mellow yet complex. I got a real tobacco hit about midway through on it. Oakiness, maybe leather. Let's let's go for another taste. There's a bit of lingering spiciness below the the heat of the alcohol, but also there's a a fruitiness to it that I attribute to the sherry. It's like dried fruit coming through, but surprisingly, a lot of like tobacco and Oak, it just feels like if you're describing men's fragrance, for instance, the things that would apply to a man or peel in uh, men's fragrance, no musk, but, uh, you know, leather and tobacco. One more taste. I will say there's no sharpness to it. It's smooth and soft. You don't really get much of a burn from the 40% ABB. That's a nice rum. So now on to the history. Zacapa dates to 1976, so it's only in its mid-40s. A little surprising considering it contains rums aged at a minimum of 6 years and as much as 23 years old. Additionally, Zacapa was created to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the founding of the town of Zacapa, which means on the river of grass in the native Natuala language. It's an Aztec or Mayan language. I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sure. Commemorating the town's anniversary is where the centenario in the name comes in, which translates to centenary in English, just another way to say centennial. Originally, the rum was sold as Ron Zacapa Centenario 23 Años, but was changed because it caused confusion with consumers who assumed all the rum was 23 years old, when in fact it was a blend of 6 to 23 years. But you have to ask the question, where do you get well-aged rum to launch a brand with? Was there deliberate pre-planning by someone in 1953 to lay some barrels to rest in a warehouse for a celebratory brand to be launched in 1976? Shorter answer is no. The longer answer involves the creator of Zacapa, a doctor named Alejandro Brugaletta, 
Born in 1920 in Spain, the details of Alejandro's early years are a bit sparse, but by about 1950, he'd married a woman named Maria Rosa and was living in Bolivia, working as a pediatrician, hence the doctor title. He moved to Bogota, Colombia, but Colombia had become rather dangerous, so he moved again to Guatemala. However, once settling in Guatemala, it seems he was unable to renew his medical license, His credentials didn't seem to transfer to his new country. But thankfully, he had a fallback skill he was able to put to use for gainful employment, as by now, he was said to have university-aged children he was continuing to support. This was around the latter half of the 1960s. Jump back a few decades prior to the mid-1940s, and a group of leading liquor companies in Guatemala had joined forces, forming Industrias Licoreles de Guatemala. So, now back to the 1960s. Alejandro Brugaleta's fallback skill was as a chemist. And while in Colombia, he'd apparently done some consultation for liquor companies. And based upon a recommendation from an unnamed Spaniard, he began working in quality control for Industrias Licoreras de Guatemala. Alejandro's role grew beyond simply quality control and ventured into product development. Zacapa came to be thanks to an especially diligent auditor who recommended his employers dump thousands of gallons of old alcohol into the river that was left over from previous productions and only served to alter the consolidated balance sheet of the firm. These old leftovers had no accounting value, but Alejandro rescued them and created value from the old stocks. It seems almost unimaginable today that old spirits would be written off on the balance sheet with the suggestion that they be dumped, but it probably was a very reasonable suggestion from the auditor's standpoint. I bet the man didn't drink, though. Various sources report that Alejandro spent some time experimenting with the distillation and stabilization of rum before introducing Zacapa in 1976 but he was helped by the abundance of aged stocks to work with. And it's these old, destined-to-be-discarded barrels of spirits that lent the age to the rum at launch. Also, this is speculation on my part, but the 23 years of age is seemingly arbitrary. I haven't found any reason for it, so my guess is it was the oldest of the rum stocks used in 1976, and with a mentality of older is better, Alejandro went with it. Yet at launch, there was little faith placed in Zacapa, and it was bottled in what was referred to as ugly bottles, that Alejandro dressed up by having them fully wrapped in the patata weaving of the local women. This not only hid the supposedly ugly bottle, but benefited the local weavers, a tradition that continues today. Jump ahead about a decade to the late 1980s, and the current master blender, Lorena Vasquez, who is Nicaraguan by birth, joined Zacapa. As one of the only female master blenders in a typically male-dominated industry, she faced adversity, but has proven herself a force to be reckoned with, caring for the brand's liquid product for more than 35 years. Lorena is said to have an excellent sense of smell and taste, and she applies this to the creation of Zacapa. One of the first big changes for the brand came in packaging in 2004 when the fully wrapped bottle was changed to a version with a band of patata weaving. This isn't the current bottle that came 11 years later, 
but it was still a major change that may have come down to economics and the growing popularity of the brand. The time it must have taken to hand-weave a full bottle wrap could have been a limiting factor to growth. In June of 2009, it was reported that 350 artisans worked to create 20,000 patata bands each month. Currently, the brand is employing around 850 weavers, so the demand has more than doubled. And the reason for that increase probably can be attributed to the next major change for the brand. This came in 2008 when the global drinks giant Diageo signed a three-year global distribution and joint marketing deal with Industrias Licoreras de Guatemala that included the option at the end of three years to purchase a 50% stake in Zacapa. Predictably, in 2011, Diageo purchased that 50% of the brand in a deal rumored to be worth at least $100 million. Diageo's influence on Zacapa has been a good one. The product has been unchanged. Again, Diageo hasn't sought to ruin a good thing. But they have brought broad distribution, making Zacapa available in 120 countries. And in about 2015, the packaging was further refined to its current form by New York-based design agency Force Mayor, who has deep experience in the spirits industry. Zacapa is also award-winning. Four years in a row, it won first place in the premium rums category at the International Rum Festival from 1999 to 2002. It's so good that it was the first rum to be included in the International Rum Festival's Hall of Fame. Zacapa, the 23 that I've been tasting, has more recently won gold at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. It's a premium brand with another expression available, the XO, that takes its name from the cognac industry, that's older still than the 23, and includes another step in the aging process. Zacapa has in the past had some other special bottlings available and will likely have additional special releases in the future, but this version, the 23, is the standard bearer for the brand. So now let's talk about how it's made. The rum is a product of Guatemala where all production is controlled by the company from sugarcane to bottling. The brand owns about 700 acres of sugarcane fields and they hand harvest the cane at peak ripeness. The hand selection of cane allows for only the best to be used in production of the rum. And for this process, Zacapa invented a hybrid machete to improve the efficiency of the harvesters who are paid by the weight of the cane they harvest. Unlike most other rums that are made from molasses, Zacapa is made from the fresh sugarcane juice that's pressed and reduced into what the brand calls virgin sugarcane honey. This sugarcane syrup is about 72% sugar content, compared to molasses, which is at about 50% sugar content. Fermentation of the syrup is done with a special yeast derived from pineapples. The yeast is said to contribute to the long fermentation process that takes about 100 hours. After fermentation, the liquid is distilled once in a column still with 23 copper plates in it. The resulting new make spirit is then transported to the house above the clouds. This is the aging warehouses located in the mountains at 2300 meters above sea level. That's about 1.4 miles. The low oxygen levels due to the thinner air combined with the colder temperatures give the rum a gentle aging. 
Zacapa is aged using their own version of a Solera system developed by master blender Lorena Vasquez. I provided some detail on a Solera system way back in episode number two when I featured Santa Teresa 1796 Solera rum from Venezuela. Go back and give that episode a listen. It's a bit rough around the edges compared to what I'm doing nowadays, but the content holds up, I hope. Anyway, Zacapa's aging and Solera system is explained as follows. And hold on, it's a process. The new make goes into used American whiskey barrels for three years. After three years, the barrels are all blended in a massive blending vat that holds up to 30,000 liters of liquid. To the vat are added some older barrels. They then let that all marry together for a bit, and then the blend is refilled in recharred American whiskey barrels for another year of aging. After this year of aging is complete, the barrels are blended again in the same vat, where again, more older barrels are added. This marries for a while, and then it's all refilled into used Oloroso sherry casks for a year's rest. Then again, these barrels are emptied into the blending vat where some older barrels are added. Then one more time after marrying, the liquid is filled into this time Pedro Jimenez sherry casks. After another year of aging, an account we had three years in barrel from Newmake, one year in recharred American whiskey barrels, one year in Oloroso sherry casks, and one final year in the Pedro Jimenez sherry casks for a total of six years. But these casks are emptied into the blending vat with some final older barrels added. All of this marries together and its next stop is then bottling after filtering and addition of pure water to bring it to 40% ABV. The result is Zacapa 23, aged at least six years, but with the addition of older lots during vatting, some of the liquid is 23 years old. And that's it. And now on to cocktails and consumption. This is very brief. Drink it neat. Perhaps a big cube. It maybe will serve okay in a Zacapa old-fashioned. But really, do not mix this. It's too great right out of the bottle. So in summary, what do I think of Zacapa? It's a great rum. It is really soft. Smooth. Smooth is overused, but uh, smoothness is indeed there. You scarcely can tell it is 40% ABV. I'm really surprised by the, for me, the prominent tobacco notes that I get on the palate. Doesn't smell of that, but you get this nice earthy tobacco-y flavor to it. It's very enjoyable. I could drink a lot of this. It's a hugely popular rum. The patata weaving is really ingenious. I've looked at the bottle I have and there's no seam. I can't find where it stops and starts and they must sort of like squeeze it over the shoulder of the bottle to get it on. It's, I assume it's maybe glued on, but I don't know. It's handmade. There's a little hand woven piece on this bottle and $45 out the door is not bad in my opinion. People spend a lot more money on maybe less of a spirit, I can understand why this is regarded and oftentimes as the top rum or one of the best rums in the world. I know there's a number of famous people that love it. 
person I follow in particular, uh, Scott Galloway or Prof G. He's always talking about Zacapa. <laughs> he should be like their main spokesman. But um, yeah, it's a great rum. You absolutely should grab a bottle if you can afford it. $45 is a bit of a splurge sometimes, but if you compare it to some whiskeys, 45 bucks is a deal. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast platform. The show, as I mentioned, is on social media. Facebook and Instagram are where I'm most active. I love hearing from my listeners, so if you have a spirit you'd like me to taste, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening.